Hey, this is Brendan Sir for another edition of our Coaching You Basketball podcast. And excited today, our guest is a former player of, with the Pistons, with uh, myself and Joe Dumars when we were there, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, who was one of the best scorers in the league, one of the top players. Uh, I think he might have been the second pick out of North Carolina, uh, you know, when he was there. Just just a fabulous player and had a great career in the league for many, many, many years. And at the end of his career, kind of moved towards being almost a player coach. Uh, when I had him in Detroit circa 2000, the last thing I thought Jerry Stackhouse would be would be a coach. But his leadership, his knowledge, his relationship with players, um, his passion. Uh, comes through, and I think you'll see it in this interview. I really want you to enjoy. He's coaching the 905, which is the Toronto Raptors D-League team. He won the championship his first year as a head coach. His incredible future will be a head coach in the NBA, but most importantly, a great person with total respect from the players in this league. A real leader, someone that you're going to get to hear in July in Las Vegas because I thought it was so important to get someone that is coaching not an NBA team, but a D-League team, which is more like a college team, a high school team, because he's got a lot of moving parts. I think you're really going to enjoy him. Word from our sponsors, and then Jerry Stackhouse. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastCout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official 
shooting machine of coaching you for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. My guest today is someone that I've just uh, have immense respect for. Uh, first of all, as a player, when Joe Dumars and I took over the Pistons, our best player and the leading scorer in the league was Jerry Stackhouse. And he was one of those players that literally I felt at that time in the NBA, uh, you know, 99, 2000, uh, you know, basically would go out and he could get you 30 points every single night. And when you can do that in the NBA, you're a very special player. And then to watch as he progressed as a player, even through the end of his career, uh, I am stunned and so excited for what you've done post-play career. Jerry Stackhouse, welcome today to Coaching You Podcast. Mm, thanks, Coach. Appreciate you having me, man. Appreciate that a lot. Well, you know where I'm going with this. You were a pain in the ass in 99-2000, you know, and there was not a shot you didn't like, man. And, and But the thing I loved about Jerry Stackhouse was you competed every night, which is, I think, maybe the most important thing. You know, you're a very competitive guy as a player. How does that now translate into coaching for you? Man, I just think it's that's the sell. That's the sell to these guys is to compete, man. Don't don't be afraid to, you know, go out there and leave it all out there and and you know, just take it personal. Some some of the one on one matchups, you know, within the team comes up, of course, but just you know, have a real pride about my me and my matchup. And I think just that competitiveness um, and wanting to work on your game, the player development side of it, feeling like you're out working guys and even competing when. The game's not on. I think that's the um, that's the that's the path. And I think for young guys, it's an easy sell. They 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 like the prospects of themselves getting better and and really you know challenging other guys. And um, you know I think that's that's how I continue to fuel my competitiveness and, and kind of living through those guys and watching them get better, understanding the nuances and you know you know smaller details of the game and and you know and then obviously having success and winning and being able to. Um, kind of do what we did this year you know that, that that was exciting but really just the relationships with those guys was um definitely what i cherished the most about this particular season and, and what we were able to do hey jerry when what when, when did you know you wanted to ever be a coach um i don't know i mean what, what year was it i came to the coaching program that's been a long time wow. ago yeah <laughs> when we started that thing nine years ago so probably uh five six years ago you know it, it may have it, been more man maybe more was it maybe like seven eight maybe yeah yeah, yeah. And, so, and and you know and, you know but you would always come every year because of your aau teams that you have right, you right. know you sponsor and then of course you know you'd always have someone that was related to you that you say coach can you get him in my program <laughs> and, and, and gotta, gotta take care and, that's the perks of and, and that was part so of your long, leadership right? of being in the PA also, but uh, and I never Absolutely. never never rejected any Jerry Stackhouse applicant either. No, they all got in, and and, <laughs> and, and you know what? Every one of them was a good coach and a great guy. Uh, but you know what? When you what you know at the end of your career, you know whether it be Milwaukee, Dallas, Dallas, you know, 
I thought you were almost like an assistant coach. You were competing, playing well, but boy, you were helping those young guys. Is that when it kind of spurred for you, you think? Yeah, I think that was the beginning of it. I think Avery, uh, Avery Johnson in, in Dallas really gave me you know, kind of responsibility of being the elder statesman of the team and being yeah. able to uh, kind of break the monotony of his voice sometimes, and you know, whether it was a little I, thing. Like I was going to mention his voice, but since you brought it up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, he loves it. We we love every voice, but sometimes it's just good to get a little break from it. And I thought him giving me, you know, that role as a, you know, a, a elder player, veteran player on the team, to be able to have a voice with the team, talk through film sessions and different things like that was really good. He allowed the same thing with Daryl Armstrong and it kind of helped translate his translation and transition into um, coaching as well. So, but I mean, it really kind of came to like my age, my son playing AU basketball, man. I was here to see him um, one, you know, play in a game. I think it's probably seventh, eighth grade. And they was just rolling the balls out to him and not really playing with any structure. And I was like, man, I got, I got a little time. I'm try to get with these guys and help them out. And from that, I started my own AAU program and kind of made my bones a little bit out there, you know, just you know, running some different things that I like. Um, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, we, we, we stood out even as a you know young 7th, 8th grade team because of the um, kind of the concepts of, of defending. I know what I didn't like as an offensive player, and that's what I wanted to try to make other teams have to face, you know, with my defense. And I think that was uh, – um, that kind of got the bug, seeing those young kids get better, um, start to get college offers from this little bad news Bears team we had in seventh grade, and now you know all of them in college, and a couple of them are um, possible. You know, one is a you know first round draft pick, then we got potential to have another one just from that first group that we started. So, wow, um, it's uh, it's fun, kind of a. And it started with my son, and he doesn't even play basketball anymore. He actually went to college to play football. Isn't that so great? it's amazing, yeah, isn't <laughs> amazing how things just work out like that. Well, you know, Zach, uh, my, my definition of coaching is uh, helping take players where they can't take themselves. And that's what you were doing because they were young kids that didn't know where to go, and you were taking them there. And then the, the thing I love about the D-League or the CBA back when I coached the CBA team for two years uh, – is that and Avery, as you know, played in the CBA for years, uh, mm-hmm. is to help a player at that level get to the next level, the dream, where, to fulfill his dream. That's one of the most satisfying things you'll ever, ever do in coaching. And, and that's what I love. And I told you this year about what you're doing. I thought was really going to help you because it, it's really basketball values at its best. Absolutely, man. I think that was what some of the, one of the highlights of our season, you know, obviously, you know, the championship and all, you know, the other accolades that came with it, but seeing our guys get called up, you know, at the end of the season, you know, right, you know, uh, Eddie Tavares to, to Cleveland, yeah, you know, in the playoffs, uh, Alex, you know, um, Axel Tupain to, you know, to, to New Orleans, you know, in the playoffs. So it was like these guys bought into, you know, buying into the season. None of them played a ton of minutes. Uh, you know, everybody shared the ball. Nobody averaged more than 16 points for the game. Just kind of trusting our work and seeing those guys get called up late. And then to see the other guys just pick up and continue on once we lost, like, our two all-star players in the playoffs and, and still found a way to get it done. So that was you know, that was gratifying, like I said, being able to help them achieve their goals of making it to that, that next level and, and, and getting better. And I think it, it, it bodes well for me, the fact that I had the career that I've had, so they're all ears and all eyes. So, I mean, I don't have to 
um, waste time, you know, and, and that um, from that aspect, it's just about getting better and doing the, the work that we need to, to get done. And man, it was, it was, it was a good group and a special year for sure. You know, one of the biggest things that you'll find in coaching, I always ask coaches is why do you coach? And you just answered it right there. Uh, college coaches, their answer is different than pro coaches and pro coaches, as we know, uh, the pro coaches, they totally, they're not the stars. College coaches, right. they're the stars. Pro coaches, you know, we have a partnership. I call it a business partnership with our players. And the thing about, I, I find that shocks people, especially college coaches that yell and scream at their guys. There's very little yelling and screaming in the professional ranks by the good coaches. You know, yeah. it, it, I might be an exception, though, Coach. Well, I do a little right. yelling. But you, but, <laughs> but, but, the, point but, you, but you never let me yell at you, though. That was the thing, you know. But, you know, and, and I think that is uh, that is the amazing part of this is that, you know, you get your guys to perform. When, when you put the 905 uh, roster together, um, now – uh, do, does Dwayne Casey or Masai, do they say, hey, we want you to run our offense, our defense, or are you given the freedom to do what you want? What, how do you guys approach that? In well, first off, our general manager, Dan Tozman, did you know, a great job of you know, getting the type, right type of guys that we needed. Obviously, he understands talent, as a lot of people you yeah. know, do in the business do, but I think he understood that we wanted the right type of guys, you know, who fit into like the culture of, of the Raptors and guys that we could potentially see, you know, on our roster down the road. So, so that helped just having a, a, a great group of guys. And but I think from the standpoint of you know our personnel, we just kind of played toward our personnel. Obviously, we use some some Raptor sets and what they what they done just kind of get some continuity between our, our, our assignment players when they're coming down. So the terminology and some of the plays that they run absolutely did that. But I think using our personnel, which was a little different than what the Raptors had, which was centered more around Kyle Lowry. And Know, DeMar DeRozan. Sure. Um, we don't have DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry in D-League. <laughs> That's but right. we do have Eddie Tavares and we do have Axel Tupac we do have Brady Heslip. So, you know, we did some things that were more, um, you know, they're geared to their strengths as well. Um, defensively, our concepts were uh, much alike. And, you know, maybe tweak a thing again just to kind of add wrinkles to, to the things that we were doing. But there is definitely alignment there and, and also – you know, freedom to kind of you know put your imprint on what you're doing as well. So I was I was offered that opportunity from Masai and, and Dan and those guys to do that. You lost guys in the playoffs, as you mentioned, but didn't uh, you also get some uh, because of the great system that we have with the uh, partnership between the PA and the NBA? Uh, now you're allowed to bring players back and forth. So didn't you have a couple of Raptor players like? Freddie Van Fleet and who else did you have? Yeah, Fred and uh, Pascal. Pascal joined us in the uh, yeah in the second round. He could uh, score that uh, ball, Maine. couldn't he? You know, he was a you know big bull, bull booster to us. You know, after we lost Eddie. Yeah, um, and he, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, Pascal didn't play a lot of games with us. You know, during the regular season because he was, um, you know, he was actually a, a guy with the Raptors. He, I think he probably started over thirty games with the Raptors during during the season. Wow! But once once Ibaka came and um, kind of you know he was out of the rotation um and opened up that opportunity for us and then once they seeing us you know they, they thought i was a little upset about you know losing the guys but we were really excited you know because you know we had talked about it with these guys and whenever their opportunity came and, and have an opportunity to go to the nba team that's what we wanted you know exactly. we won a championship 
uh, while that happened, cool, you know, which we were able to do. But at the same time, the call-ups were, meant a lot to us. And I think once, you know, uh, Dan and those guys saw that, he had the conversations with Masai and, like, you know, Coach Case, you know, we're not using these guys, you know, bring them down. And they, you know, came right in and, man, you know, was the MVP of the series. I mean, he just, you know, yeah, couldn't stop him. Just what he was able to do on the court and what he brought to us defensively. Fred as well, just a steady hand. Yeah. Um, but you know, our guys have gotten it. I mean, they came to us in the finals. You know, um, Pascal in the semis and, you know, two games from Fred in the finals. But other than that, the guys that we have for the um, majority of the year got us to that point. And, um, you know, so they, it was it was great to have those guys. But at the same time, the ironiness of that group that we had, they, they in their mind, they felt like they were going to get it done regardless of who was there. Isn't that great? Uh, it was this kind of mentality we took on. How, how Brady Heisman can really shoot that ball, can Oh, he? man. Best shooter wow. in the world. Best shooter in the world. That's what I call him myself. I mean, he still, I mean, he got so much better um, just understanding, you know, defensive concepts and right. things. You know, that's kind of been a knock on him, you know, the, yep. can he guard the position. But, man, he – um, if you know, if I ever get blessed with an opportunity, hey, you know, they're gonna hit. He's gonna find a home. Believe that. <laughs> great, a great Chuck Daly quote uh, stack was: uh, "Shooting makes up for a multitude of sins." <laughs> man, know? you know, see that ball go in the basket, man. There's nothing, nothing like it. And he, he, you know, he's got ice water in his veins when it comes down. Made big shots for us, um, but ran the team too. You know, wasn't just a yeah. shooter for us, but got guys into. To, to our sets and everything. So, I mean, I thought he really grew and was a leader, big-time leader for us. When him and E.J. Singler, those guys, man, were unbelievable as, you know, locker room guys and making sure that guys come in and, and work and do their job and held accountable. So, hey, appreciate t- those guys big yeah, time. Yeah, talk about uh, – We I think I read the other day where we're going to have 26 now G League uh, yeah. Gatorade sponsor. G League, right? G League instead of D League. <laughs> I thought I saw a typo. I forgot that we uh, got a good sponsor for it. But a G League, uh, you know, teams next year, 26, and probably yeah. within two years, we'll have all 30 teams with a team. Uh, tell me, I know you're obviously you're a big fan of the league, but what will that do as far as improving our league and, you know, developing talent? Man, uh, first and foremost, I thought, you know, Michael Turner, you know, those guys, the leadership that they've done and continue to grow the, the league and um, just offer, you know, whatever resources that they have for, for everyone, the players, coaches, you know, officials, everybody to, to try to, you know, hone their skills and get better to, to ultimately make it to the next level. I mean, they know that they're kind of a, a stepping stone league and they embrace that. And, um, and now that he's, you know, we're, Hopefully the the goal is to have all thirty teams with the D League affiliate, and and I think it's going to happen. I mean the way these guys have embraced this thing and 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 make and making it, you know, getting the sponsorship now from Gatorade and different things. I, I hopefully I can see that happening where every team will have a team probably you know within the next five years, and that's you know, the leadership has been great from that standpoint. Now uh, you, I, I say uh, you guys being Raptors, uh, I think are very very smart in the location i think the critical thing for having a team is location so you guys are in mississauga right and uh yes right at the airport so i mean it is it's a big convenience to have guys that could um you know just come right from your practice or or game 
and, and, and be there and be available for you. Yeah, so that's definitely a perk for us for sure. Yeah, I think I think the teams that are far away, they're missing the whole opportunity of having guys practice and be coached by your main team. Uh, plus, on an off night, to have a guy like Dwayne Casey or any of the other assistants on the staff be able to come and watch a kid play, that does so much for him, you know, or the GM to come and see him or Masai come and see him. I think that's huge for the kids, you know, they feel appreciated and stuff and that their work is not, you know, if you're in Neary, Pennsylvania and your team is in Orlando, Florida, <laughs> you know, that's not a, that's not, there, there's not a lot of guys going up there to watch you play. And so I think it's a huge and smart thing that you guys uh, have done there. And uh, that's good. Uh, the officiating, I think, is really critical. And I know from the CBA, we had a little relationship, a big relationship, actually, with the NBA and training of officials. But I think it is, and you would, I think, agree uh, the idea of uh, developing officials, why we have the best officials in the world at the NBA level, is because they really have a training level with the D League. Yeah, I mean, I, I think those guys have. Uh, I mean, I've, I've officiated enough um, scrimmages during practice to to understand and actually have some compassion for the officials, if you would believe. Uh, well, you <laughs> so. know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about when you were uh, now. Now I had a flashback to the, our coaching program at the D League. Yeah, when yeah, you yeah. were officiating. We oh, I'm, I'm still on. I'm still on the ass now. You know that. I ain't gonna <laughs> never get off the ass, but you know, I, I do have a little more respect for the you know, yeah. d- degree of difficulty for that job. But when they make a mistake, I gotta let them know a little bit. Oh, yeah, you know that. Uh, yeah, no, you did that as a player, and you excelled at it as a coach. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I, we will talk. Okay, I, I it was like all of a sudden I don't want I don't want to go there and just just screw up this whole darn uh, session by talking about officials. So we, we we'll leave that way it is. Now, what will you do this summer? Now, will you work with the summer league team? What will you do? Well, I'm, uh, we're doing it now. We're actually you know having pre-draft workouts. I actually worked the combine this year. Okay, um, I did know, see you on TV. See, I saw see a lot of players TV. there. Yep. And um, then you know now as we had a couple workouts. Uh, week before last, couple this week, and one coming up after the, the holiday, and then just kind of go go into have a mini camp in June where our, our players will come up and uh, we'll work them out and do some different things. Uh, and then we have a mini camp of free agents that we're, we're looking at, you know, mm-hmm. that flows into that same week during June, and then July everybody you know everybody converges on um, Vegas, right. For, Know, summer league and you know practices and everything out there so schedules pretty much look like that um um not i don't know really not be with the team and all those capacities you know just just helping out not uh, not coaching the um, summer league team this year uh-huh. um and so i just I'll be around vegas helping out and right. you know just kind of figuring out what's to, you know getting ready for next season as it stands right now um looking to get back to 905 and and, and do it again yeah i was just going to ask you um what what's the plan there uh as far as uh how long or what's the game plan as far as you coaching uh the G League team uh and then going back to the parent team or eventually becoming a head coach in the league well yeah i mean i think it's um well, you know i i think my opportunity hopefully will, will come in 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 due time just continue to kind of just keep my head to the grind and and keep improving and doing what, what we're doing from the basketball side of it. You know, obviously being able to wear, you know, different hats and allow to do different things more from a 
front office standpoint, which, you know, you know Masai and Dan and these guys allow me to do, uh, could just help me, you know, just have me more prepared when, you know, those opportunities for interviews and things like that come up. So, I mean, you know, I don't, don't know what's really out there right now, just still focusing in with, you know, the group that I started with, the group that gave me the opportunity, um, or the Raptors and, you know, and, I, and Masai, we're, we're close enough to whatever happened goes forward. He's probably going to be a part of that in some way. Uh, whether it's something there with the you know Toronto or, or, or figuring out something with, with with some other team down the right. road, but right now my my plan is just to fulfill my duties of uh, signing a two year deal to Coach Nine Hundred Five, and that's that's where I'm at right now. Oh, until that's something good. Changes. Okay, that that was I I didn't know how it worked uh, when you went from the NBA team to the Nine Hundred Five to see how that, that that's good. That's that's smart, and it's a good that's a good plan. I think one of the great advantages that you have, Stack, is that you know you're working with one of the premier executives in the league in Maasai, and one of the more importantly premier people. And, yeah. And uh, you know, and 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 what in case as well, man. You know, and so and, and uh, Dwayne has yeah. uh, been a dear friend for years, and he's a great basketball guy. You know, your staff with Nick and everything. You got good people up there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Rexy and uh, Rex, Nick. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no, like I said, we, yeah, we got probably one of the best group of guys in the league. Smart guys that understand basketball. Um, had a lot of success over the last, you know, four or five years. Cases at the head of that, and now, you know, obviously, they, you know, big lot was made of the, you know, Masai's comment about the cultural reset and different things like that. And it's just, you know, more so about, you know, just changing the style of play a little bit as opposed to changing personnel. You know, I think uh, Coach earned the right. You know, he's all-time winning his coach in Raptors history. He has the most tenure of anybody. And, and I think, you know, if we, anybody, any of us was in his shoes, we want the opportunity to be a part of any, you know, reset or whatnot. And I think Masai has granted that to him. So we were just ready to try to assist him and help him, you know, any way we can. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, but, you know, I was not the initial stage with the Raptors, but kind of right on, right behind it, year two or year three, I went to Toronto when Isaiah was running Toronto and uh, assisted uh, for one season and uh, and one of the best years of my life working in Toronto. Uh, it's an incredible city. Great uh, city, isn't it? <laughs> and I was a terrific coach because I had Damon Stoudemire as my point guard and I had uh, a guy by the name of Marcus Camby as my power forward and Walt Williams, you know, one of your ACC buddies mm-hmm. at the time, you know, I mean, so, you know, we had some Doug good Christie, battles. Yeah, Doug Christie, you know, we, yeah, we had some, you know, so it was fun up there and, 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 and we played in the Sky Dome back then, you know, and it was, mm. it was really, it was really interesting and, uh, but you know, what you saw, I remember when I was coaching the Pistons with Chuck, we went and played an exhibition game. People don't realize this in the Sky Dome once uh, after we were world champs. Uh, so we're playing an exhibition game. Do you know how many people came to see an exhibition game in the Sky Dome? Would I say in those guys? 61,000 people. Wow. Wow. And wow. Chuck turned to me and said, hey, it's going to be a hell of an NBA city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he, and he was right on. They love it, man. They love it. They love it. I mean, it's always going to be hockey town, but, you know, I, I think there's a, a lot of passion with the Raptors now. And, that's you know, obviously that's grown over the last 20 years. I'm yeah. Drafted. You know, I got drafted. I was drafted in Toronto. My draft was in Toronto. In I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Turn. It's a great place. Great sports fans and even the Blue Jays, man. I mean, it is just they love their sports up there. 
and uh you know i'm looking forward to having you out in july when we're out in vegas and uh you know i think what you have is that you have offer a perspective as a former player of that that most people don't and let me ask you this before we uh, finish up what is the biggest thing you know because you you receive coaching from a lot of guys okay Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of coaches what is the biggest thing that you want players to feel when they're being coached by you Mm, I want them to feel it's just it's fair you know I'm saying not that it's uh, everybody's going to be treated equal, which we know that, you know, sure. it's professional sports. So there's, there's a hierarchy in everything sure. from leadership throughout your roster. You know, I think I want guys to know fair and I want them to, to know their role and what's expected of them. Not that your role can't change, but this is how we see your role is, you know, being right now to, to help us accomplish and help you um, continue to, to develop. And I think when you can be honest with guys and they know, um, what to expect from you and know what they're going to get day to day and you have and consistent with it. Yeah. You can, you can do some, you can do some good things. Well, listen, uh, I'm very, very proud of you. I'm very excited for you. And I think you're, you, you're going to have a long, long career. And I can't believe to say it as a coach, as a coach. <laughs> and I can, I'm going to promise you one thing, Stack. When you become a head coach in this league, I'm going to get my ass on a plane. I'm going to fly and I'm going to sit in the front row and watch because it's I know gonna, that's it's right. Be worth and you're going to buy me a, a I'm steak and some like good wine. Uh, oh, no, no, let's not get carried away, okay? But I, you know what? I will. I will. Hey, I look forward to seeing you in Vegas, my friend. You are one of the all time best, and uh, I'm so excited for what happened for you this year. I appreciate you, coach. Thanks, man. 